Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and, and you could take out, I, I always say this, if you're new here today, I always say that on Sundays, it's one of the best places to take notes. Um, yesterday, as we got together for our more gathering, um, if you do not know what our more gathering is, about once a month, sometimes we do it twice a month, about once a month, we have a group that comes together, and it's a group that believes that God is calling them to more, and and um, this group is really um, being challenged, and this group is um, really hearing some stuff. And um, I believe it's bringing growth to them. There's some things that soon, hopefully very soon, we're going to start talking and announcing to the church because of what God is doing in this group. So we're excited for that. Um, but, but we had such an awesome time in his word yesterday and his teaching and more. And every time we open up the word of God, there's something to learn. Every time we open up the word of God, there's something to apply to our lives. There's something that God wants to speak to us. I hope you know that. I hope you're not too grown and too, too mature and too old to not recognize that God still speaks to you because you're still his child. Today's message, if I was to call it anything, here it is. It's, called, it's titled Childlike. Childlike. Many times here we've said God has called us to be childlike but never childish. You've heard me say that on many occasions. God has called us to be childlike, but never childish. Childish and childlike are two different things. A childish person is a very frustrating person to be around. A child. <laughs> uh, let me change that. A childish, a childish adult is a very frustrating person to be around. I thought I was going to get at least one or two frustrated people that hang out with childish adults to say amen on that one. But just because you're playing, wait, 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 wait. I know what's happening here. You're playing it safe because, you know, you know as much as I know. But then, you know, a childlike individual is a blessing to be around because they're contagious. There's something about them in their eyes. There's a sparkle in their eyes. There's an excitement. There's a passion. There's a thrill. There's a wonder. There's a, a joy. I'm not saying that there's not downtimes and there's not trials and there's not problems and there's not issues, but there's something about being childlike that I believe makes our father happy and um, it does something to bring joy to those that we do life before. I want to speak some thoughts on this because my thoughts today, I believe this, are simple. I believe that my thoughts today are simple and they are short, at least I think, it might not be, but, but if you open your heart I believe that in the simplicity of what we might read today in Scripture, there is, mu- there is much depth to the heart of God. In the simplicity of what we're going to speak about today, there is a lot of depth in what he may want from us and of us as his children. So, so I'm guessing as I introduce this, I'm saying this. Don't get so lost in this. Don't, don't just get sidetracked by the simplicity of it that you lose focus on the depth of what he's trying to speak to your heart. Because I believe that in this message today. Don't allow these passages in which we read today 
to be, you'll see why I'm saying all this, because as soon as I read it, you're going to get it. To be recital, to be a recital. Don't let them be a recital as something that you've heard and that you've known already, but, but I want every single person here to ask themselves this, and, or better yet, ask the Lord this. Lord, what are you speaking to me? And as you ask the Lord this question, what are you speaking to me? I'm going to challenge you with something else today as we get into the scripture. I want you to try to discipline yourself. Try at least. Try to discipline yourself to be sensitive. To be open to the Lord. To show you if he's calling you to something more. I want you to be sensitive to that. I, I shared that this week was special and obviously for many reasons and this week was special Yes, all the hard work and, and that so many put into this to make this happen, it was worth it. When, as soon as we began, the, the long hours, the, the pain, the, the, everything that we did, the, the money that was poured into this, everything was worth as soon as we began. Um, when the children uh, just started to arrive and the, like I said earlier, it just lit up and there was joy in this room. The, there were sounds that we hadn't heard. There was laughter and there was, it, it was beautiful as we saw them running and we saw them playing and we saw them making noise. I, I could say this, and if you were here for VBS on my line, the whole atmosphere changed when the children arrived in this building. There's something about children, I guess... That's why in me, when I do mission trips, whenever I'm with the children in the mission trips, it's my favorite part because I become like them. I, I become like them, and sometimes I, I'm at a point now where, like, your body starts to say, yeah, you can't do those things, but you become like them, and you want to run like them, and you want to, because they play soccer barefoot on the rocks, and you're like, well, I want to be like them, and then you're like, you can't do that, you know, you're not used to that stuff, and feel that tomorrow but but there's something about being children it just sparks something at least in me and and um i i just think it's 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 interesting you know we decorated this and and we had all these sounds of safari. as soon as you walked into the church there was sounds of safari um that were playing um songs and the kids were playing and 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 all of this added to this moment that helped what what we were called set the stage it helped set the stage but the truth is that when the children entered and began to do what children do, um, the whole place began to change, and it struck me. It really began to affect me in a good way. Because when you're in the presence of them and their laughter, their perspective on things, their look right into things, their innocence, or I like this word, their transparency, if you're sensitive enough, it begins to speak to you. First off, it, 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 it can't but make you smile and feel warm. I, I don't understand how people can be around children. It's like, oh, I just can't stand them. I'm like, I'm like, how? How do you do that? They make you feel smile and they, they're really warm. And in those moments that you're with them, watching them experience this fun and this excitement, this joy, it, it makes the environment special. It really does. It was just like when we had Wototo here. Something happened to us when Wototo came. I hope you know that. Some families have never been the same since Wototo left or come, have come and left. Because there was something about, around being around these children that does something to us. 
watching them experience all this. It, it makes the environment special. And we want to be around them. And it's, not, it's, it's hard not to partake in it and engage in it. Like, I, I came in here and I said, I'm, I'm just very open, you know. And I said, you know, I'm just going to come in and I'm just going to observe it. I'm just going to sit in the back. I'm just going to walk around. I'm a crew leader, but, you know, I'm going to, you know, show maturity. Families are coming. Show maturity. But, man, as soon as those kids started to say, God is, I was <laughs> dancing with them. And I was singing with them. And I was playing with them. And I was on the floor with them. And, and um, you can't do anything else but engage with them. And it, immediately as as a human being, it, it led me to pray something, and it led me to pray this. Lord, man, I, I really wish and I, I desire, and I want you to listen to this because I really prayed this, that a door would open that we can do something that requires children in what we do always here at our nest. I, I really prayed that because I said, man, if our church is always filled like this, everyone's going to want to always be around this because this is so awesome, so contagious. See, the effect is... Is real, man, and it's not just with children, church. The, the effect, it trickles down and it touches families. It touches families. Another thing that struck me um, was looking at them and seeing this and being around them. What struck me as well was this whole effect of losing our wonder. And that really, that really hit me in my heart. Because I'm going to speak a little bit to those who are a little bit grown up right now. Sometimes we, we become of age, and as we become of age, we lose something beautiful and pure that God's given us. And I started to look in my own life, and I said, the effect of losing my wonder as I begin to age, one of my favorite preachers actually calls it childlike wonder. I'm going to talk a little bit more about wonder and what this means but I want to get into scripture as I get through this introduction here and, and I exit it. I want to get into scripture because I want to jump into Matthew 19 and, and specifically Luke chapter 18. Matthew 19 and Luke 18 are, are very um, important as they parallel one another or I guess you could say or as they are related to one another. Let me kind of give you this note before we get into this, this whole message here. Matthew 19 um, and Luke 18 are speaking about the same moment. One is from one person's perspective. The other one is from the, another person's perspective. So Matthew and, and, and Luke are, are, are writing from the same encounter that took place. The reason why I want to read Matthew 19, just three verses in Matthew 19, and then we'll jump into Luke 18, is because I want you to see the environment I want you to see what was set up for what was about to come. I really believe this. I believe that, that Jesus is about the setup. He's going to set it up. You, you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, for example, one day he's in a synagogue, and the synagogue is slammed. And he set it up. He set it up that way, and he knew that on that day, the religious leaders were going to walk in with a woman that was caught in adultery with rocks in their hands. So that day, on that moment, at that very hour, that very second, at that 
very moment, he said, I'm going to be in the synagogue where it's slammed with people, and I'm going to be teaching on that day. And in the middle of my teaching, I'm going to have some religious people interrupt my dialogue. And as they interrupt, they're all going to be carrying rocks ready to stone this naked woman. And they're going to ask me, Messiah, teacher, rabbi, as you say you are, if this woman was caught in adultery, the law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? And I'm going to set it up so that at this very moment, not only will the woman that was caught in adultery will learn and experience a grace and a love like never before, but everyone else that's involved will be able to experience my presence, my words like never before. And he sets the stage. He sets the moment up. And I believe that the Lord does that stuff. Like, like, like for example, I believe that some people were invited today to a baby dedication, not just because Mark and Danielle loved them and stuff like that. I believe it was actually deeper than that. I believe it was a setup by God because there are people here that were invited to church today that God actually wanted them to hear a word. And all he did was set you up by inviting you because we were going to present a baby to you. And, and this is bigger than a baby being dedicated. This is about a God that is speaking to his children. It's bigger than just the baby being dedicated. It, it's, it's, it's do you understand that the one who sits on his throne today and forevermore is about to speak to your heart. That's great. So in Matthew 19 verse 1, look at the surroundings. Look what's happening here in verse 1. It says, now it came to pass that when Jesus had finished speaking, teaching, and he, he finished his sayings. He departed from Galilee and he came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Verse 2. And a great multitude followed him. It could have just said a multitude followed him. But it wanted us to know that it was a very large group of individuals. It was a great multitude that followed him. He's just going to set the moment up. And he began to heal there. So verse 3. The Pharisees... The same religious leaders that came to tempt him before and many other occasions come again. And the Pharisees are also in this great multitude, but they come with a different agenda. They come with an agenda to test him. So Jesus begins to heal people and Jesus begins to teach and Jesus begins to do some great things. If you did not know this, by this time of Jesus' life, Jesus is not just like this little shepherd um, carpenter, uh, no, 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 Jesus is known. Jesus is spoken about. When you leave from one town to another and there's a great multitude following you, you have something to give, you have something to offer. I mean, there's a reason why a great multitude is following you. Jesus was extremely popular at this time. Uh, the stories were being heard that he was healing the sick, that he was making the blind see, that he was casting out demons, that lepers were becoming healed, that the dead are, are being um, risen, so on and so forth. So when Jesus would come to a town, I mean, you could imagine the roar, the uproar, the, 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 the hustle and bustle, what that caused in those towns. These were small towns. As Jesus would walk in, uh, I mean, it was, what a sight to behold that must have been. So as he's doing all of this, something important happens, just like you would probably do if you're hanging out with your child. I know that if I'm with my son, because Jade's still too small, she doesn't understand, she doesn't have the understanding yet, but Jackson's at that point where he gets it, and I'm holding his hand, 
And I'm walking and I see Jesus in front of me like, son, come on. Come and encounter this with me. I'm going to present you to Jesus. And I'm going to show my son to Jesus and Jesus to my son. And I'm going to take advantage of it and I'm going to allow Jesus. Jesus, can you just go ahead since you're here already? My son's right here. Can you lay your hands over my son and pray for my son? And then my son would do great things. Then my son would be healed. My son would do awesome things for the kingdom of God. Lord, just pour your blessing over my son. Of course, as, as any father or mother would do, any guardian would do, parent would do, they would do that. They would present their children to the Lord. Wouldn't you? I mean, we just did it today. We dedicated a child to the Lord. And they wanted to dedicate their children. They wanted to present their children. They wanted to show their children to the Lord. So it says in Luke chapter 18, verse 15, I want to read this text here for a moment. Luke 18, 15 says, So they also brought infants. Another translation can say they also brought little children. And they brought the children to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. <laughs> so happy I wasn't a disciple at this moment. But. but Jesus called them to him and he said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of God. Verse 17, Assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive, this is such an important scripture, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Can you imagine being a disciple at this moment? You better not get near Jesus. I command you to back off. And Jesus says, Ahem, stop for a moment. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as the ones that you are forbidding will not even be able to enter into my kingdom and the disciples who were also in the side asking may we please sit on your right and on your left may we have places of great honor are now being told oh man i just did something that is totally contradicting the heart of the kingdom And you read this, and it really speaks to you. The message says it this way. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place their hands on them. When the disciples saw them, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder, forbid them, hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. See, I believe this first off, ready? The disciples who were present at this moment needed, they had to learn something. They were at fault and they needed to learn. I believe this. I wrote this down in my notes. And if you want to write it down, I invite you to write it down. Number one, I believe this. They had to learn that all people were important to God, especially children. The person that comes here today and says worship was fun, but, uh, you know, the little children stuff was kind of, uh, I'll let the word rebuke you. I believe that what he was trying to show the disciples is those children are important to me just like you adults are. Do you think that I'm just going from town to town to, to, to just look, look for the adults and look for the older folk to see what needs they have? No. 
some of these children, man, they need of me. They, they need my touch. They need my answer. They, 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 they need me to, to reveal myself to them. Man, these children struggle too. These, trigger, these students deal with families that are divided and parents that are fighting. And some of these children have dealt with all kinds of abuses and neglect. And, and some of these children are, are dealing with some things. And the same way you adults need them, they need me too. Number one, say this, everyone's important to God. Everyone is important to God. Every race, every ethnicity, everyone is important to God. Number two, the disciples need to learn this, that the kingdom consists of this right here. It consists of that which is the heart of a child. If you're going to know anything today, disciples, let this lesson be learned, that the kingdom of heaven is that of a heart of a child. And you need to understand that that which you're forbidding is that what heaven is made of. So when you forbid one of these, you're forbidding the heart of heaven to be revealed to you. You see, because I understand what that means. That I could become so mature that I lose the simplicity of God's love that he's trying to speak to me. What do you think, Peter... What do you think, John? What do you think? And he's speaking to his disciples. You think you made it? You think you're at a place now that, 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 that you don't need it? Like, no, the heaven is made with such a heart. And it's an interesting passage. Because we see the disciples are not necessarily there yet. What I mean by that is the disciples are still learning. And they're learning specifically, oh, 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 what are they learning here? They're learning the heart of the Father. And what Jesus on earth was what? Was teaching them. Jesus was teaching them the heart of the Father. The, teaching them the, the, the principles of the kingdom. And they needed to learn Abba's heart. They needed to learn. They needed to learn what heaven was like still. And they were still missing it in points of their lives. And they were learning still from Jesus. They were learning from his teachings. And, and this is so important. Ready? Because you learn um, from your teachings. But you know what happens? This is so good. You begin to measure yourself when you begin to what? To encounter it. Because you see, you can, you can learn it. But how do you do when you have to walk in through the encounter of it? That test will show whether you pass or fail. And you need to go back to the application of that in which you learned. Hopefully that made sense to some of you. So the disciples were learning, but wait a minute. How come now what you're learning, you're not putting into practice? Do not forbid them. See, the encounters are that which have to also measure whether we are learning what he's teaching us. See, they were what was wrong with the disciples specifically in this passage? I really believe this. I believe that they were still engulfed with the culture around them rather than the culture of heaven that the Lord was pouring into them. And I know this to be true. I, I really do believe this to be true. The disciples were so fixed upon the culture that they were in that they were losing the culture that Christ was bringing. They, they scolded the parents. They, they rebuked the parents. They forbid the children to come to Jesus. See, forget about the adults for a moment. Forget about the parents for a moment. They weren't even attentive or worried about the effect that this would have on the children. And how the, how the children, how they too would receive Christ in his kingdom. 
That little offense that you caused upon these children could affect them in their 20s. Did you forget that? Don't, don't allow them to come because if you stop them from coming now when they're of age, what makes you think that they're going to come then? This whole stuff about like separating our children from the presence of God where we worship over here but then our children worship over there. No, no, no. You need to begin to what? Unite your children with your lifestyle of worship so that one day they could follow the footsteps of what true worship is and what true worship in spirit and truth is. You can't separate child worship from adult worship. Let the children see the worship in the adults. Why? So that they have a model to follow. If I were to go to that back room and say, when was the last time you saw dad open his Bible? When was the last time you saw mom open her Bible? When was the last time you saw mom and dad pray? When was the last time you saw them worship? What would come out of their mouths? Instead, what would they say? Well, I've seen dad do this <laughs> every time he gets to his friends. I've seen mom say this every time she talks to her friends. You see, what does that modeling look like? And, and Jesus is teaching something so important. He's teaching them something so good. You see, in their culture in this day, children were often looked down upon. And they were looked down upon until they had something to offer their family. Until then, they kind of weren't, yeah, they, just, they weren't paid attention to. But, but Jesus is teaching, oh, man, those are some very, imp- and I guess, I don't know, science, I guess I say, it, has proven to us that, no, these are some very important years of their lives. They're like sponges. They're learning the most right now. And Jesus being omniscience, knew that. And he was teaching that. So I began to think some more of the disciples, and I said this. I wonder if the disciples thought, please listen to this, if they thought you needed to have a certain level of maturity to receive Christ and his kingdom. I'm wondering if there's anyone in this room today that thinks that you need to have some sort of level of maturity to, to in, inherit the kingdom and salvation. Maybe the disciples thought that they needed to have a certain understanding. When Christ is about to teach, and what he's saying here is that what you don't know is that they have more of an understanding of what the kingdom is. The heart of the kingdom is made up and designed for those who have not departed from being childlike, but grown in what we're going to call childlike wonder, childlike faith, childlike trust. That the older we get, that the more tender our hearts become or should become, to growing into this childlike lifestyle. When we grow older, we should remove ourselves from childish things. But when we grow older, we should deepen ourselves to a childlike lifestyle. Meaning that our faith should increase, and our grace should increase, and our wonder should increase, and our joy should increase. Because the childlike in us is becoming revived and alive in Christ, even as we grow older. And what should be separating is the childish things. Childlike should always grow. Childish should be diminished. Verse 16 tells us that, did I read 16? Yeah. What what does verse 16 say? But Jesus, are you guys scared to read it out loud? It's awesome to hear when everyone says that at a different place. (laughs) You know, if you all would have said it at the same time in the beginning, it would have been unison. It would have been beautiful. Beautiful harmony too. I'll joke on the side, it says, but Jesus called them. That, that, 
But Jesus called them. But Jesus called them. It says that Jesus calls the children to him. So the children are coming. You see, sometimes in scriptures, we don't get all the details. We don't get all the conversation. We get what is written. So I have to use my... Yeah. Or my faith or my childlike. I got to use my... You know, when I read the word, I got to use my childlike. Because when Jesus calls the children, I, I... I asked my wife for permission. I said, I want all the children on stage. She said, good luck preaching then. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to preach. They're going to be. And it's not going to happen. I said, yeah, maybe you're right. But as Jesus calls the children, what goes into your mind? Well, I have children, so I know what they do. You know that my child, my children, who's like, the most striking figure to me. You guys are all scared to say the president, huh? Shame on you. All right, but whatever, a president, a king, a official, a celebrity? I don't want to offend anyone. Give me someone, right? So you know what I'm trying to say. Somebody, somebody of high stature. You know that my child would run up to that person and pull their shirt and mess up their hair? And if you catch my daughter on a good day, she'll throw a, f- a toy at them <laughs> without knowing that that's so-and-so. With one button, he could destroy the half the world. But to them, I'm just a child. And I like to climb on your back. And I like to mess up your hair. And I like to pull your beard. Now, why is that important? Because I'm reading verse 16, and it says, Jesus calls the children to him, and immediately my childlike begins to kick, and I start thinking about the children now, and they're smoldering Jesus. Do you picture that? Jesus had a beard. I picture the children pulling Jesus' beard the way my daughter pulls my beard. And they're pulling his beard, and they're playing with his hair, and they're pulling his clothing, and they're, they're playing with him. And in the middle of Jesus doing all of this and, and carrying the kids upon them and, and, and he has all the kids around them, he says, I'm going to use this moment to teach everyone of this great multitude an amazing lesson. <laughs> and what are the truths that every ear that is present needs to hear? Number one, do not hinder, do not forbid them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Number two, and if there is anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, now can you imagine him saying this as there are children on his back and on his, on his shoulders and in his arms and he's like your child is in his arms and as your child is in his arms, he says this, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child and he looks at your child's eyes says, will not enter into the kingdom. (laughs) If you're not like this, you're not coming up here. And it's, it's an amazing teachable moment. He says, for such is the kingdom of God. This doesn't necessarily mean or or just mean that that children automatically belong to the kingdom. I think it's deeper than that, but it's this, that the kingdom belongs to such. It's not just about you belong there. It's about that belongs to you. Sometimes we aim for eternity not recognizing that the inheritance belongs to me. And he's teaching something there to those who are there. Childlike, childlike faith, childlike trust. He's speaking something there to the ones who haven't lost what I'm going to call today and what I continue to call today 
to those who have not lost their wonder. The word wonder means this, just in case, why does he keep saying it? Well, here it is. It means something extraordinary. It means something surprising. The desire, the curiosity to know something. One of my children, he's not here, he's on vacation with his family. Every single sentence that was said, why? In the whole VBS thing, why? Next statement, no, because, you know, cross the Red Sea, why? And because we're going to go have snacks now, why are we going to have snacks? Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's not to diminish. Maybe it's not to hit him over the head with. Maybe it's to foster because maybe what that kid is filled with is he's filled with wonder. And he wants the answers because his mind is wondering about all these great questions. Why must I make mud pie with these gummy bears now? And, and his, his eyes are lighting. childlike wonder I hope you're getting in the midst of the funniness wow man I feel this Matthew 18 1 2 3 4 5 and then I'll get to 6 Matthew 18 something very important happened how many of you know the disciples had a um, had an identity complex how many of you know that most of our issues is because we don't know our real identity? You know what? Let me just speak about identity for a moment. How many of you know that, that most of our problems and our issues with people, with leadership, with, with our spouses, with friends, with in life, with social media, with a lot of, and I'm not talking about like teens. Teens, I'm not picking on you at all. I'm talking about the 50-year-old that's still trying to find themselves, that acts like they're still. A lot of people's problems is identity. You've ever met someone, you know, it's hard, and, and I get it, because I struggled, and I struggle, and there's moments, I'm not trying to say, like, I know, I, I figured it all out. Like, no, it's, if we're really open about this stuff around this room, and there's probably some people that really struggle with identity, and maybe we have to define that more in the future, but. We're, we're in one place, we're one way, and another place, we're another way. And one place, we look one way, and the other place, we look another way. And we struggle with identity. And, and I believe that the disciples had an identity issue here. Why do I believe that? Because in Matthew 18.1, this is not the first time we see the disciples doing this. In Matthew 18.1, you guys there? You're going to tell me that scripture is boring? I love this stuff, man. Just because I respect your Sundays, trust me, we would have much longer Sundays. But verse 1, verse 1 says this. Matthew 18, 1 says this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You with me? You're going to ask Jesus something. Like I would be like, hey, you know what would be really cool? I want to make five loaves and two fish. I want to do that. Come on, please, do something. I want, like, I don't know. I would ask for something like that. I, these guys, continue, like, I, we just want to know, like, like, come on, like, who's going to be great? 
What's the greatest position there? Like, you keep talking about this kingdom, 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 kingdom. You're supposedly the king of the kingdom, aren't you? So, like, what position am I going to have part of your royal court? That's what they wanted to know. Be very careful when you run to a position, the heart behind why you run it to, for. Uh, I want to know, like, what's, what is it? What, what's the greatest part of the kingdom? So Jesus calls, this is so awesome. Jesus calls a little child. <laughs> and they're like, another child? <laughs> Who's the greatest? Come on, what's the greatest position in the kingdom? He's like, call that little child. And he brings a little child to him. And it says here that Jesus calls a little child to him, sets him in the midst of them. And look what he says. I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Now, let me explain to you about Jesus. Jesus was a rabbi, true or false? When rabbis taught, what did they do? They would sit. I believe that when they were, when, I believe this, childlike is kicking right now. I believe that when they asked, Jesus, what's my position in heaven? What am I going to look like in your court? He did this. Give me a second here. <laughs> and he says, call that child to me. I believe that. He was sitting down because rabbis would sit down when they taught. And people knew it's a teachable woman sit down around the rabbi. And he would grab the child. I just think that this is how it happened. I guess we'll figure it out in glory. And he grabs the child. And I believe he puts him right on his lap. And he puts his arm. Maybe he's playing with the blue boy's hair, messing around with him, giggling like I would do. And then he says, I'll tell you who's the greatest. Unless you're like one of these, you ain't nothing. And unless you become like one of them, you ain't getting jack. <laughs> and he, he puts the kid on his lap, man. So I started to wonder, I said, which is the disciple that any moment he had, he wanted to be on his lap? It's the only disciple that would say the beloved. And when Jesus would speak, John would put his head on his chest. That's crazy. Mark liked it a little bit too much. Though. Mark started like, giving coquita and stuff like that. But, but, but John would go to the bosom. I wonder if the other disciples would look at John and say, John always puts his, his head on Jesus' chest. You know, it's like, he always goes to dinner with him. He always goes out with that person. <laughs> uh, but like, but like uh, why is John the one that always puts the, the thing on the chair? Like, why? Why? And it's like, because he was childlike enough to sit at his feet right there and lean in. And you all were too mature and too grown up to sit down and be like John and put your head on his chest then if that's what you want. 
You're too childish. You're too childish in being old. And John's like, I'm too old to not be Christ-like. And, and he, he recognizes that true maturity is to be childlike. And true immaturity is to not be childlike. And what does John do? I'm putting my head on beloved's chest. And what does Jesus say? You want to be great? He calls a kid and he says, you got to be like this kid. You got to be like this child. You got to be childlike. And it's something, it's, it's beautiful. It's the same situation that was going on. Who's going to be the greatest? You guys are always asking about who's going to be the greatest. Why do you long to be the greatest? If you don't even desire to be with the greatest. Like, like don't try to be so great where you lose out on his greatness. You're, I'm going to dare to say this. Actually, I'm going to say it. Ready? Your greatness might actually be found in resting in his greatness. So stop searching for what's going to be so great when that which is ultimately great is sitting. Be like John. Put your head on my chest. Be like a child. I'm wondering that stuff, you know. Because he doesn't necessarily answer their question when they're asked. He doesn't say, well, let me give a discourse here. <laughs> and he, he, he doesn't pump himself up and create himself to be some scholarly person, which he could have schooled anyone scholarly and theologically. And I mean, he could have because one day he got tried by the Pharisees. And he could have schooled anyone he wanted to at any moment he wanted but that don't mean you're anything. One day, like, who do you think you are? You're not even 50 years old, and you saw Abraham. He's like, not only did I see Abraham, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. He's like, if you really want, I'll school you. I'll take you back. See, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say here is, this is important because they're asked this question, and Jesus doesn't necessarily answer them the way. Has, okay, has Jesus ever answered you the way that you really wanted him to answer you, the desire, the way you desired for him to answer you? If the answer is no, it's because he probably doesn't work that way. He's not going to answer you necessarily the way you want to be answered or the way you desire to be answered. Instead, what he does is he takes a child and he puts them in their midst and he sits with the child and he says something so important. He says, unless you're converted and unless you become as a little child. Like, isn't that something? We're all disciples here. We're all converted. So why are you bringing that up? Mm, well, are you? Unless you're all converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as his little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What is he doing? He was touching on their pride. He was calling them to have humility of a child, to trust as a child, to be vulnerable as a child, to be directed as a child, to be childlike. Don't be a child, but be childlike. You can't go back. And be a child anymore. Because the truth is, if you try that, you'll be on meds and you'll be in a psych ward and all that crazy stuff. But, but what he's doing is, to the things that are spiritual, the things of the kingdom, the obedience that the Lord is calling us to walk into, let us never lose the sensitivity, the vulnerability, the transparency, the purity, the innocence, the trust, the faith. The growing into deeper childlike wonder. 
What I mean by this is measure yourself today. However old you are. Whatever your age says you are. So here's my thoughts. Have you dimmed? Have you dimmed from desiring the presence of God? Have you dimmed yourself from his presence in worship? Have you not felt him? Are you not giving him a greater worship and a greater praise? When we worship together, listen to this. Is it something that we do on Sundays? Or is it a desire in your life, in your core, in your heart to offer your all? I was moved again by the children this past week. I texted this and I said this to a couple people. I'm, kind of, I'm going to try to read it the way I wrote it. And I hope you understand this. Here it is. We look at the innocent, or better said, transparent worship of a child, and we smile, and we laugh. We even videotape them looking at that and we say, it's so cute. We, a lot of us did it right now. We took out our phones and, oh, my God, this is adorable. But if we see an adult worship, in the same fashion that those children have been worshiping this last week, I wonder what would come in our thoughts and from our lips. Oh, that person's hyper charismatic. <laughs> I don't know if charismatic can be hyper charismatic. Actually, yes, they can. Oh, that person's in their emotions. How about the Lord is calling us now, I wrote this, the Lord is calling us to a worship that is free from definitions and boundaries of men into a transparent adoration before our parents, before our Abba, before our Father. Because what happened to me was very strange. You see, my son actually, at home he loves to dance and his dancing is very awkward. And he comes up here and towards the end, he warms up and he starts to dance. And my daughter is dancing. And as a father, everything inside of me says, I'm recording this. Because one day they're going to get married and that's going to get shown on their wedding. <laughs> and I play and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm and I press play and I'm just recording my children worship. And, but re, in the reality, like any other parent, I'm proud. I'm happy. It brings joy to see my daughter and all the dance moves and she's singing to God to the point where my son asks, Jade, who do you love? And Jade's like, Jesus. And you know, oh, I know. It's cute. And you, know, you record those things. And like, how are you getting? That's so beautiful. And you're recording all these things because I'm a father and that's my seed. I'm a father and that's my seed. I'm a father and that's my seed. And sometimes we forget that when we come before the Prince of God, He's our Father and we're His seed. He's our Father and we're His seed. We're His Father. I'm his father, he's my father, and I'm his seed. And, and he's like, my God, I've been dying to videotape you for a long time, but nothing has come out of you in a while. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm wondering if we've grown up so much that you thought that your lack of worship 
was actually because you're maturing grown up and what you don't realize is that your lack of worship is actually immaturity and your full out worship into the Lord is actually you finally are maturing in Christ. Childlike worship. I kind of want to sing that song. I want to sing a song a little louder than before. Yeah, you know? Because that, that, song, that song kind of like tests you, you know what I'm saying, if you're really mature or not. You know? I want to know if, because listen, man, I'm the pastor of the church, and I already look a little bit young and all that, so, you know, you have to kind of be a little bit more firmer, but, like, when that thing, can you dance a little dance, like, before, and you start going, yeah, yeah, like, I want, I want to know that if, you know what, I could care less what the person in the back thinks about me, Abba is taking a video, and Father is happy with his seed, dancing before his pre- God is calling us to greater devotion and greater worship, greater adoration, greater wonder. But have you grown up because of the issues of life? They've caused you to be dim and numb, that you're lacking in feeling his presence. You're lacking in entering into his presence. You're lacking into devoting yourself before him. Man, and we look at this and Father is looking at us. And and I began to consider that. That my view of a child in this kind of worship wasn't cute in its immaturity. Truth can be that my worship before the Lord is the one that is actually immature. I come hardened at times. I come reserved at times. I come held back. And my Father in heaven is looking at me, his son, and he's waiting to delight in my praise. He's waiting to delight in my worship. And yet I won't offer it to him. And you know why I won't offer it to him? Because I'm older. Because I'm grown. I'm mature. Maybe it's because I'm stressed today. I'm anxious. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. So here's my worship today. And that's what we do because we're adults. And Jesus says in 423, John chapter 4, verse 23, that the Father is seeking. The Father is seeking. The Father is searching. The Father has his videotape out. The Father's phone is recording. And the Father is searching. He's seeking such to worship him in spirit and in truth. Has your wonder been hindered? Has your purity, your transparency, is your worship pure? Is it in spirit and in truth? Listen to this. Or has your worship been mixed? And I get this and I've been there and I'm, I get it, man. Trust me, I'm not, I understand this. That as of age, our problems become greater. How many of you could say because of age, problems become bigger? But I want you to also know this, that that's not an excuse for our worship to become lesser. Should I say it again? Because your problems became bigger, it doesn't mean that your worship should become smaller. Shame on us for doing that. Verse 6, remember what I just said? Whoever receives one of these little child in my name receives me. You don't think Jesus takes this stuff serious? He sure does. 
He says in verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, this is Jesus being raw and authentic Jesus. How many of you wanted a clean Jesus? He's raw and he's authentic. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. I take the children seriously. And I'm wondering if this also means this. I take the childlike serious. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. I read this and I see the heart for children, the danger to lead children to sin, but I'm, I also recognize the danger of losing the childlike. I see the, his heart and desire for us with the same intensity he wants us to remain in him. Yes, to not sin, to not lose the childlike within us. As I close off with my last passage, I thought about what a pastor once told me. A pastor who, I don't like, just because one pastor tells me one thing, I don't like disconnect from them forever. Like, that's, that's dumb, but immature. But one time this pastor, I, we were talking, and, and like, I, don't, I don't go, I don't, I don't really preach to the children anymore because, because you know, I'm, I got to focus more on the adults and, and I don't want to be looked as like a child pastor anymore. Oh man, that crushes my heart. Now, you know what? The children need you. You and your wrinkled skin. But you have gray hair. You have a lot of hair on your head or not. Your experiences, your love. And that crushed me because I don't know if Jesus would have ever responded that way. Jesus was about the child's heart because heaven is made of such. So I, I wasn't going to use this passage, but I just thought it was so clever. Because Jesus enters in Jerusalem on that awesome day moments, days before his crucifixion. Hopefully it's Amazon or something. In Matthew 21, you know what, I'm not even going to speak about it. I'm just going to let you catch it. Tell me if you caught it. When I'm done, I'll just smile at you and you tell me if you get it. So Jesus went to the temple of God. Matthew 21, verse 12. And he drove all those who bought and sold in the temple. He overturned tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Verse 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests, the scribes, the religious people, when they saw the wonderful things that he did, When they saw the wonderful things that he did. When they saw the wonderful things that he did. And the children crying out. 
What were they crying out? Hosanna! They weren't crying, I'm hungry. The religious leaders saw the miracles that he did and they heard the children sing a song. The religious leaders pierced at Jesus while the children began to sing, Hosanna! Getting it? The son of David. It says that the religious leaders who saw the wonders that Jesus did, when they heard the children sing, they began to become upset, indignant in their hearts. Wow. And they said to Jesus, do you hear what those children are saying? And what does Jesus say? Oh, I hear it. They're singing the song of my kingdom. Yes, I hear it. Look what he tells them. Have you never read, you religious leaders who study the word, who study the law, have you never read that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. The greatest worshipers are the children worship with something that is childlike when the adults are worshiping with I wonder if I'll get something from it I hear it and the praise is perfected in them not you that's what he did children are able to declare what the religious leaders, listen, the children were able to declare what the religious leaders were too immature to declare or even notice. At this moment in the temple, who was more mature? The children or the older religious leaders? really hope that next Sunday you come on time and you're ready to worship him. I really hope you don't come and say, are you hearing how they're singing and how they're dancing? But I hope you come with lighter clothes. Comfortable shoes. Vocal cords warmed up ready to sing and dance and let the childlike in you perfect your praise it was the condition of their heart one was childlike the other one was childish what can I say Psalm 116.6 says the Lord protects those of childlike faith the psalmist says I was facing death save me childlike alright let's stand together
Oh, man. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this today. I really am going to do this. I feel, I feel like the word of God, the spirit of the Lord is, is really here. If you've lost your wonder, if you're losing your wonder, if you've lost your childlike, and you know God is calling you to childlike lifestyle, if you know you've been more childish than you have been childlike, I'm going to do something so amazing right now. I'm going to ask you with boldness to be like John. And put your head on Jesus' bosom. I want you to be like the children at the temple. Begin to sing your, your song of maturity before the Lord. I'm going to open up the front. If you want prayer and you need prayer today, and this is what I'm opening up specifically right now. I, 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 I'm, I'm longing and I'm reaching towards my childlike. I want to remove all childish things. And I want to run to childlike again. I want to run to wonder again. I want to run to childlike faith and childlike trust. And I want to run to the childlike questions again. I want more of him. If that's you today, with the, with the simplicity, but yet the depth of what this word meant, man, come running up here. And don't worry about what they say. Man, let the Pharisees speak. Let the childish talk about you. Who cares? But if you know your childlike needs to come alive today and your childish needs to be diminished. I'm going to open up the altar. Man, don't worry about anything where you're going. It's, it's going to be there. Just get lost right now before the presence of God. Come up to the front and surround yourself around other people that are, that are making the statement of saying, Lord, here I am. I'm coming before you with childlike. And don't worry about being so stuck there where you're standing as you come up with your brother, with your sister as they come up, as you guys come up. Worship in freedom, worship in truth with them, and let the hand of God begin to minister to you. Let the, let the hand of God, let the Spirit of the Lord just begin to move. And you and the Lord, let childlike begin to arise as we sing this song. So, so go ahead and, 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 and begin to release it. If you need to come up and get around with others, come on, let the childlike awaken. Let the childlike arise and, and let it come to life. Come on, let newness come. Let the oils of heaven drip. Become transformed. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, you're worthy, Lord. Yes, Lord.